You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to Hawk Talk Preview Week 4. The Seahawks travel to California to try to bounce back against the 49ers. A lot to talk about before we get into that. Here's Nasa Chelby with the injury updates. Thanks, Bump. Well, head coach Pete Carroll stepped to the podium as he does each and every week and gave an update on rookie wide receiver D. Eskridge, who's missed the last two games with a concussion. He can't practice today. Uh, he gets cleared today to practice tomorrow. That's, that's part of the protocol. you got to get through the Wednesday. But he had a, a fantastic weekend of, of you know, turning, and, and he feels great, and, and we, we think he's going to be ready to go. We don't see any reason that he's not. So it's very, we're very positive because of the what he's been through to get to this. But this is part of the staging of it. You have to wait one more day to get on the field. Pete also gave an update on starting right tackle Brandon Shell as well as defensive end Benson Mayoa. Um, Brandon, Brandon Shell going to practice today? Not today. Not today. We're going to take it uh, through the week and see how he does. Um, he's feeling better. He, he's going he's gonna to work today. On the positive side, looks like some of the IR guys will be back on the field this week. We'll get Kobe Parkinson back out. Cedric will be back out. Um, and we're, we're, you know, those guys have worked really hard. They're going to try to compete to be available to play. And uh, we'll see how that goes. We, you know, one day at a time. I, I can't tell you any more than that. But both those guys are really uh, ready to go. And, and, and mentally, now we've got to see how they look and how they fit in. Not Trey Brown. Not yet. Looking towards next week to, to start his return. And finally, after tweaking his knee last week and wasn't able to go for the game on Sunday against the Vikings, Marquise Blair is back on the field. Marquise Blair, is he, is he this yeah, he's, he looks uh, today in the walkthrough, he looks like he's ready to go. He's anxious to practice. All right, those are the injuries from head coach Pete Carroll. Now it's time for What's on Tap. What's on Tap? Who's on tap? It's the division rival San Francisco 49ers coming in with a 2-1 record with wins over the Detroit Lions, the Philadelphia Eagles, and a loss to the Green Bay Packers last week. 49ers got off to a hot start winning their first two games, like I mentioned, but suffered a heartbreaking loss at the hands of the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. And bump, man, it was all Packers to start. Green Bay jumped out to a 17-0 lead with 346 remaining in the second quarter. The 49ers got on the board just before half with a one-yard touchdown run from Trey Lance, which was set up by a missed intentional grounding call. We'll, we'll ignore that. But it's good <laughs> to see the youngster getting involved for them. Much more balanced in the second half, trading scores. But things got really interesting in the final minutes. Mason Crosby connected with a 38-yard field goal with 239 in the game, making the score 27-21. Then Jimmy Garoppolo led the 49ers on an eight-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, ending with this 12-yard touchdown pass to Kyle Juszczyk. Kittle singled up left, Garoppolo back, Garoppolo throws over the middle, caught by Kyle Juszczyk, he'll dive into the end zone, touchdown, San Francisco, the 49ers have tied the game at 27, here comes Robbie Gold to give the 49ers their first lead of the night. It was all smiles. Everyone's going crazy in Santa Clara. The Niners think they had come back and won this football game. Hard comeback. Everything was going well for them at that moment. 30 seconds left on the clock. 
But less what, man, that is way too much time for Aaron Rodgers. He went on a six-play, 42-yard drive with two clutch catches to Devontae Adams, setting up this 51-yard game-winning field goal. Here's the snap. It's down. He has it away, and he has the distance, and it is good. The Green Bay Packers win the game at the gun, 30-28. to 28. He had just enough time to do his thing, and his thing involved two deep shots to Devontae Adams, one to get him to midfield, Tim, and then one to get him in the field goal range. And even though they didn't have a timeout, he was able to clock the ball, spike the ball just in time. Garoppolo and Aaron Rodgers embrace in midfield. That was a hell of a football game. So, Bump, two things. Um, it looks like, once again, Aaron Rodgers has proven that it's all right. Everyone all relax. Good. They're going to be just fine after week one. And these Niners, man, kind of up and down game. What did you see from those guys? Man, I saw I saw a Niners team that, one, they didn't run the ball the way they wanted to, right? We're used to seeing them run the football. They did have a rushing touchdown. They've had some injuries in the backfield. But I saw a team that had a quarterback that did just enough to keep them in the game. Say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo, 25 of 40, 257 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, a suspect fumble. But kept him in the game, George Kittle, in my opinion, one of the best tight ends in the league, if not the best, seven receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown. Um, but it just wasn't enough. When when they drive down the field and UCS scores that touchdown and there's 30-something seconds left on the clock, no timeouts left for any other quarterback not named Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, uh, Russell Wilson, all the legends, you're good, right? You got the game sewn up. What I don't like about the 49ers defense in that situation, in most defenses, I don't like just the soft coverage, man. Mm -hmm. There's no time. on the Just play the defense you've been playing, right? Play the defense you've been playing. Make these guys work. And all they did, Nass, was run three verts, dig underneath. Three verts, dig underneath. I mean, that's how you beat that soft coverage. Fred Warner almost made a great play in the middle of the field to tip the football, I believe, on the first pass to Devontae Allen's. But let's focus on the 49ers. I saw a team that can still play good defense. I know the score might not say that they were dominant, but they played good defense, and they're good enough on offense. They still have weapons. We're going to talk about these matchups later, but they got some young receivers. They have a capable quarterback, and they have a defense that keeps them in games. Yeah, no question about it, and I think the thing about it, too, is they're resilient, man. I mean, they're getting housed 17-0 in their own place in the first half, and they, they stick in it. They get a touchdown before the half's over that kept them in the game. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, say what you want about him, but he he did just enough to keep the 49ers in the game, extended drives, made some great plays, great throws down the stretch. And from a Seahawks perspective, thank God Aaron Rodgers had some magic at the end of that game because if not, yeah. without that last-second heroics, the NFC West, every other team in the NFC West would be 3-0 and except the Seattle Seahawks. So luckily, you know, misery loves company, so the 49ers joined us in the loss column on Sunday. So, Bump, let's look at this head-to-head, man. And we've kind of talked about this the last couple of weeks. It's really hard. These head-to-head comparisons will hold a lot more weight once we get later in the football season. Um, we're three weeks in, so we're starting to tell a little bit of a story. Obviously, a lot left to be written, but I'll start, as I usually do, on defense. And um, unfortunately, we don't have great performances two weeks in a row defensively. According to the numbers, the Seahawks will fall down those rankings, and they did. Uh, ranking number 32 last in the league in total defense at giving up 440 yards a game giving up 155 yards a game on the ground, 30th in the NFL, and then allowing 285 yards through the air, which is 26th in the NFL. The other side, the San Francisco 49ers are closer to the middle of the pack. They're giving up 370 yards a game, 16th in the NFL, 122 on the ground, 23rd in the NFL, 
and then 248 yards through the air, 16th in the NFL. So, again, man, we're going to look at this, and every time we, we did this for six weeks last year, we looked yeah. and said this defense is better than those numbers. They are better than what we're seeing. I wholeheartedly believe that. Unfortunately, when it comes to the numbers, and really, the, it's really the last you know six quarters, we just haven't seen that. No, we have not seen that. I would say they played, what, three games so far. My math is correct, Nass. That is four, eight, 12 quarters. I think we've only seen really eight quarters of good football out of this team. Yep. Uh, they they have to pick it up. Offensively, they're okay. See, now for the offenses, like you look at the, the rankings, you're like, oh, man, they're, they're, they're pretty good. They're all right. But then the feeling that we have is just not good right now because the second half rolls around, the defense get off, can't get off the field, the offense can't get going. Total offense, the Seahawks rank 11th, averaging 389 yards per game. Rush offense, they're 11th, averaging 107 yards per game. Pass offense, they're 9th, averaging 281. And then points per game, they're 13th with 25. It just doesn't feel like that. It's nice to see these numbers and say, okay, there's some positives here. This offense can run the football. They can throw the football. They can put up some points. It's just that in the second half, we have not seen that yet. The one thing I want to see on defense, man, interception. This is the week. Yep. Yep. Got to get an interception this week. Call some turnovers. That starts with the D-line, putting pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, and then that secondary, getting it done. All right. These guys have been rivals for a minute now. Let's dive into the history. Know your history. You mentioned it, Bump. These teams have played a lot over the years. The Seahawks lead the all-time series 28-17. to Seahawks have won three of their last four meetings. And honestly, let's be real, have dominated the series since Russell Wilson has been here with Pete Carroll. Um, the Niners have made a comeback in, in the win column in a couple games, splitting in 18-19. But it's been dominated most recently by the Seahawks, as I mentioned, three or four of their last meetings. Um, Seahawks beat the Niners in their last meeting, 26-23 in Week 17 last year. If you guys remember, by Week 17, the Seahawks had already secured the division title. And that game was pretty ugly in the first half, but it was more about setting records that day. Yeah. It was more about setting yeah. records. Lockett broke Bobby Ingram's receptions record. He was at 94. He finished the day with 100 receptions. Only Seahawks player ever to have 100 receptions. DK Metcalf broke Steve Largent's uh, 1985 record in receiving yards, becoming the first Seahawks player over 1,300 yards. Tyler and DK combined became the second duo in Seahawks history to both have 1,000-yard seasons. Only other duo to do that was Ryan Blades and Joey Galloway. Um Lockett that day, he was used clutch we needed to. Set records, had two fourth-quarter touchdowns, sealed the deal for Seattle, uh, secured a 12-win season, and that was the last time these two teams matched up. But let me tell you something, man. Whew, this NFC West is scary bump. It is scary giving me nightmares. What's the word? Where my soldiers at? Where my soldiers at? And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? The NFC West continues to be the best division of football. The Rams are 3-0. They beat the Buccaneers last week. Arizona's 3-0. San Francisco's 2-1. Just talk about them losing to the Green Bay Packers. And the Seattle Seahawks are 1-2. The NFC West is 9-3 as a group. 9-3 through three weeks of the regular season. Let's talk about these Rams, man. Ooh, these boy. Rams are looking Fierce right now. The Rams had a dominating performance against the defending Super Bowl champions, the Bucks, last week, winning 34 to 27. And the game really wasn't that close in the fourth quarter. If things happen, you get a garbage touchdown. But Matthew Stafford, he's looking like the the, the piece of the puzzle that's been missing over there. 27 of 38, 343 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. 
My dog, Deshaun Jackson, hey. Cali stand up. Hey, turning back the hands of time, 120 yards, 75-yard touchdown. He has 33 touchdowns, over 50 yards. That is second all time. I wonder, see, you look at his total numbers, they're not Hall of Fame numbers, but you look right. at, like, deep ball numbers, this dude is still getting down the field, being a threat, and he's in, he's in such a perfect position. Doesn't have to be the one, the two, just come. Maybe that third option receiver stressed to fit out, make big plays. Cooper Cup did his thing, nine receptions for 99 yards and two touchdowns. Sony Michelle. I mean, Aaron, you got Aaron Donald, you got Leonard Floyd, you got Jalen Ramsey. I mean, LA is Hollywood. The Rams look real Hollywood right now. They're backing it up with their play. Yeah, they are, man. And like you mentioned to start off, Matthew Stafford. Through three games, he does look like the missing piece. He does yep. look like that's what Sean McVay needed. He looks at this point. It looks like, yeah, you're right, man. You just had to get up out of Detroit. You just had to get up yeah. out of there, and you were going to be fine. And he looks the part. 343 yards, four touchdowns. Everything is flowing in that offense. Him and Sean McMay seem to be a great pair. I don't know if you guys remember this story in the offseason because Quandre Diggs, Matthew Stafford have some history, good friends, teammates in Detroit. When Stafford signs with L.A., they get on FaceTime. McVay and Stafford hit up Quandre and be like, boy, you better get ready. We're going deep on you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's true, man. They, they look scary good. And, and honestly, right now, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. It's only three weeks in that next Thursday night's going to be a huge game. But right now, they look like the class of the NFC West. They look like the best team in the, in the NFC. Without, yep. without questioning me, what I've seen so far, they have a physical, strong defense. Jalen Ramsey, you mentioned Aaron Donald, Floyd. They're going to be a problem, and you're going to have to figure out a way to slow them down. And, you know, the Seahawks hopefully can build off what's going to happen this weekend before a short week on a Thursday. But, bump, these Rams are the real deal. Rams are the real deal. Put some respect in their name. Circle next Thursday night. But we got stuff to handle this weekend. Now, next, the Cardinals. The Cardinals, they were less impressive in the win over the Jags. All right, 0-3. At one point, the Jags had the lead. What they took a, a missed field goal back 109 yards for a touchdown. We're watching the game. We're like, what is going on here? Are right, the Jaguars, um, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, they're trying to figure some things out over there. So, it was concerning to see them put up a fight so long against the Cardinals, but eventually the better football teams are going to win the ball game. Uh, the Cardinals, James Conner had a touchdown. I like what they, they have so many just skill positions, right? Not a bunch of guys who are just going to dominate a game, but they have James Conner. They have Rondell Moore. They have DeAndre Hopkins. They have AJ Green. They have Chase Edmonds. It's like you can sprinkle in yep. So many guys on this offense, and they can make plays. Kyler Murray was 28 of 34, 316 yards, one interception, carried the ball seven times for 19 yards, and one rushing touchdown. Eventually, you have to make Kyler Murray be a pocket quarterback. You have to yep. keep him in the pocket. If you allow him to improvise and get outside the pocket and do his thing, I think that will kind of uh, extend drives and keeps these things going. But end of the day, it might not have been pretty. The Jags were in the game for a while. The Cardinals are still 3-0. Wins are wins in the National Football League. Never apologize for wins at any level, especially in the NFL. And we're going to learn a lot this weekend. We're going to learn about the Seattle Seahawks, the San Francisco 49ers, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Cardinals because the Cardinals and the excuse me, the Cardinals and the Rams are playing at the same time as the Seahawks and 49ers. So the NFC West is going to beat each other up this week. But we're really going to learn. I just was hyping up how good I think the Rams have been through three games. The Cardinals are also undefeated, so it's going to be interesting to see how those guys match up. And if the Cardinals, who last year we kind of thought they were going to take that next step, 
And they're yeah. they're always kind of right there. They're always in the rearview mirror, thinking they're going to be. Is this going to be their year that they really ascend? We'll learn a lot on Sunday about them. But I totally agree with you, Bump, that you need to keep Kyler in the pocket and make him beat you from there. And once he can do that on a consistent basis, those Cardinals are going to be scary. Yes, they are. All right. We talked about the Cardinals. We talked about the Rams. We touched on the Niners. Let's look at these matchups this week. Hey, who man is this? Who man is this? Man up, man up, man up, man up on Hawk Talk. Man up, we'll start where you always do. We look at the quarterback position, starting with Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo taking on this Seattle Seahawks defense. Jimmy G, man, he's 64 for 95 with 67% uh, passing completion for 760 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Hasn't been overly impressive, but he put the 49ers in position to win every game that he's been in. Um, led a huge comeback against the Packers last week, down 17 points in the first half. Finished that game 25 for 40, 257 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, one fumble. Now, Bump, I'm going to pose this question to you, and I'm sure we'll dig into this a lot um, on the pregame show on Sunday. The last two games, the Seahawks have faced quarterbacks that have taken a lot of criticism over the years. Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins. They've played inconsistent in times, had up-and-down careers, had really high moments, had really low moments. Each week, we've had this conversation, you know, do we think they're for real? Are we buying what they're selling? Are are they as good as we think they are? Are they bad as we think we are? Who knows? Unfortunately... In those first two weeks, they had big games against the Seahawks. Um, yeah. And this week's no different, man. This week, Jimmy G, he's that same type of quarterback where you're you're not certain if he's that guy that can take you to a Super Bowl championship, but you've seen him do really good things. So, like, every time we talk about Jimmy G, he's just perplexing because when he's on, man, he is on, and he is good, and he's confident. When he's not, he's less accurate. He's missing balls. He's been, you know, he's had troubles with injuries and stuff like that. So my question to you, Bump, is is this the week the Seahawks defense steps up and makes one of these kind of in-between QBs look like what all the criticism's like and makes them look like an average to below average quarterback? Or are we going to see the Jimmy G that, you know, got them to a Super Bowl in 2019? Going off a of recent history, I'm going to assume Jimmy G is going to have a good game. There's nothing the Hawks have done to let me know that. And a good game for Jimmy isn't isn't a Kirk Cousins game. No. You know, a good, a good game for Jimmy is 250 yards, one touchdown, didn't turn the ball over. And I think that's okay. Jimmy can have a good game this week, and the Hawks can be okay. History tells me that. But what I know of this coaching staff, what I know of these players, is that they're resilient and they usually bounce back eventually. I don't see three weeks in a row where they just let a guy who we think is above that slightly above average or an average quarterback do their thing against them now they got to tweak some things they got to get better in all phases of the game but this ain't the week all right this is not the week they're going to get after jimmy g as long as they are providing pressure gang tackling because they got some receivers on the outside we'll talk about them as well who, who can make some plays it's all about getting jimmy flustered Yep. Right. And and I just want some creativity on the defense, man. Some stunts, some blitz. You look like you're blitzing. You're dropping back. You know, a lot of the times with the Hawks, they just line up and what you see is what you get. And I think Jimmy is good in those situations. Now, you make him think about some stuff, do some pre-snap reads. Turnovers are going to happen. That's what I need to happen. Good. Cannot wait for that. Now, staying on the offensive side of the ball, four Niners running backs versus Seahawks front seven. So the four Niners running back room has been hit with the injury bug as it has really the last couple of years. Um, the season opener, Raheem Mostert, was lost for the year with a knee injury. 
Uh, Eliza Mitchell, who stepped up and stepped in in that role, missed last week with a shoulder injury. And now rookie running back Trey Sermon made his first NFL start last week. Over the years, it seemed like whoever was running the rock for San Francisco in that offense was going to figure it out and going to be effective. Uh, through 2021, like I said, it's only through three games. Eliza Mitchell, 36 carries, 146 yard, one tud. To Michael Hasty, six carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown. And Trey Sermon, 11 carries, 39 yards, and one touchdown. The Seahawks have struggled the last two weeks defensively. Derrick Henry, Alexander Madison both went over 100 yards and were getting things figured out in the run game. This has to change this week, Bump. I, I, what do you need to see? I know you've gotten to dive in the film a little bit with these 49ers. What do you see from them offensively? I know they have weapons. I know they pull. They're a good downhill running scheme. What have you seen from them, and how can the Seahawks make them look average or at least take advantage of this uh, perceived advantage they have in the running back you know, front seven kind of battle here? Well, here's the good thing about the Seahawks. A lot of the stuff that the Niners want to do, the Hawks have been seeing and practicing against since OTAs and minicamp and all that. Jet sweeps, the misdirections, the pulling guards. Like It's the Niners, the Rams, and now the Seahawks are trying to have the same type of run game, the same type of offense, really get tight ends involved, misdirections, get you falling one way, boom, hit it the other way. So with the Seahawks, it's all about being disciplined, right? If you have contained, you have contained. You're the force guy. You're the first force guy. If you're the alley guy, that means you're inside the force guy. He forced everything inside. You feel the alley. You make the tackle. It's all about doing your job and not trying to do someone else's job. I think that's been the common theme for the last couple of weeks. But when you play a team like the Niners, who you know love to run the football, throw off the play action, boot out of that, you have to be disciplined with your assignment and with your eyes. Your eyes will get you in trouble. If you're in that backfield looking at something you're not supposed to be looking at, you can get in trouble. So they just they just have to be disciplined, man, um, when it comes to this run game. And and I need a big play. I need someone yeah. on their butt early. You know, I need a Bobby Wagner signature. I'm getting up flexing on you type of play. I need a Jamal Adams run him down from the backside type of play. We've seen one or two of those this year. We need one or two of those this game to set the tone and get these guys going. Another matchup It's going to be a good one. Seahawks back seven. That's the DBs and the linebackers versus Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Kyle Yushik. I'm going to throw Brandon Ayuk in there as well. Yep. Brandon Ayuk is a, is a baller as well. Now, Debo Samuel has 20 receptions, 334 yards, one touchdown. George Kittle, best tight end in the game, 15 receptions, 187 yards. Kyle Yushik, the utility guy, seven receptions, 59 yards, one touchdown. These guys are all weapons in the pass and the run game. Debo Samuel. He's like a running back when the ball's in his hands. They're going to throw screens to this guy. They're going to run these jet sweeps to him. When he has the ball, he turns into the running back. He is electric. We know George Kittle's big in the, in the run game as far as blocking. But then you down block, you release him. He works the middle of the field beautifully. And you check. He's the one who scored the go-ahead touchdown ass, and it wasn't a run. It was a pass. Yeah, man, they do a lot of misdirection stuff. I was looking at one play um, against the Packers, and it was trips to the field. Um, then – Garoppolo's in shotgun. He had a running back to his left. So they go zone read, and then they pull the tack, the left tackle and the left guard across the formation. Look like it's a run outside. In the trip set, Debo Samuel's number, the number one receiver, the farthest to the outside, kind of motions in, tick, puts his foot inside, boom, and it's a bubble screen outside now. And in both, and they had use check, I believe, or Kittle as a number three receiver going up to get a linebacker and a safety. So they do – all this misdirection stuff, and like you mentioned, the thing that you hit nail on the head on was if your eyes are in the wrong spot, you are in trouble, especially yeah. in the secondary. Linebackers, that's going to be a really interesting matchup just because with all that misdirection, something that 
we need to get better, or the Seahawks need to get better at defensively, is kind of defending play action. They're going to do a lot of play action. They're going to do a lot of things to try to get those linebackers downhill to open some throwing lanes and easy throws for for Juszczyk, but they got the, the guys to do it. I mean, Kittle and Juszczyk, they're physical. They can catch the ball, then get downfield. You mentioned Debo and Ayuk, and the Seahawks got their work cut out for them. You know, they haven't been that explosive offensively, but they have really good guys, and if you're not disciplined in what you do, it's going to be tough. And I think it's not, you know, it's not about just the corners. It's the, the whole collective unit. They are, all are talented. They can play better, and I think they will play better. They have too much talent on defense to be ranked 26 against the pass. So I'm expecting an yeah. enormous improvement from the Seahawks defense on Sunday. Big improvements are on the way. Nassim Shelby, he, you heard it here, folks. He, he's got he's got the answer for you. All right, next matchup, we got Dwayne Brown versus Nick Bosa. Now, we got a, a big homie, Ray Roberts, the O-line extraordinaire. You know, he likes oh, yeah. to say, hey, this, this has to be a phone booth type of fight. It's got to be nice and close and close combat and violent. That's that's the life in the trenches. It is a violent game. Now, both these guys are one of the best at their position. Dwayne Brown at tackle and then Nick Bosa on the edge of the line. And uh, they're going to be mashed up a lot. So they're going to get to know each other. They already know each other kind of, but they're going to get to know each other. And it's going to be a steady grind, right? Can Dwayne Brown get Nick Bosa frustrated? Nick Bosa is going to try to wear Dwayne Brown down. He's got spin moves. He's good with his hands. He has a speed rush. He has a bull rush. He's going to pre- present a lot of challenges for Dwayne Brown. But Dwayne Brown's been around the block a couple of times. Oh, yeah. 36 years old. He's been there. He's done that. This is a battle you have to watch, especially because it's going to happen a lot on the blind side of Russell Wilson. Yeah, he primarily lines up on that right defensive right, uh, offensive left, and he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of pressure. Watching the Packers game specifically last week, he had a decent game, but a lot of what he did didn't show up in the stat sheet. You watch him; he's a f- impacting plays. He's changing directions where runs are going to. He's constantly in the backfield, pressuring the quarterback. So, Bose is a real deal. He can play. The 49ers missed him a ton last year when he went down with an injury. You know, eleven tackles, three sacks, five TFLs, five QB hits on the year. So that's going to be a fun matchup that you guys need to circle on your game programs and lock into that matchup because it's going to be really uh, important for the success of the Seahawks offense and their defense. And lastly, Bump, the last matchup I want to look at, it's not even anyone specific because we know how good the offense can be. We know how good Russell is. We know how good DK is, Tyler Lockett, Dwayne Brown, uh, Chris Carson, Kyle Fuller, you name it, throughout the whole, everybody. It's really them against themselves, in my opinion. They, they just can't beat themselves. We know how good they can be. We know how explosive they can be. they got to find a way to sustain drives in the second half. It really comes down to that for me, Bump. I mean, bottle up whatever you got going in the first half. Whatever you got going, find a way to get it into the second half and continue, Ray hates this, momentum, whatever you want to call it, execution. <laughs> find a way to bottle up whatever you got going and find a way to execute in the second half of games. Third downs we have to be good on third downs i can't remember a game where the hawks were like 60 percent on third downs now they won ball games not being great on thirds but as you get into the grind of the season you play better football teams you're gonna have to put drives together if you have a lot of third down opportunities that means you're putting some drives together i just got to see them be better on third downs and then keep the dk train rolling keep the locket train rolling get chris carson in the game you can't fall down fall back early if you're down 17 points earlier, even late, then Chris Carson is no longer a factor. Now you have Travis Homer in, who's good at pass pro. You see 25 in the game and it's late. You know that the Hawks are down and they're just throwing the football. I want to see 32 in the whole game. All right, so we talked about these matchups. Now what is the path to victory for these Hawks? 
at the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away, and that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Path to victory, man. For me, it starts on the defensive side of the football. Need to improve in all phases. We know how good this team can be. They just need to play like it. Need more pressure on the QB. Need better drops from linebackers. Need to tighten coverage in the secondary. It's all one thing. Everyone knows team defense. It's all 11 hats of the football. All levels of the defense working in unison. We know they have the capability to do it. We saw it week one. We've seen them do it all through the year. They just need to hone in on it and kind of correct what we've seen in the last six quarters because we know they can, but it will start and end on the defensive side of the football for me, Bump. Start with the defense, finish with the offense, put some drives together. I need 11. I mean, the Vikings went one. Drives a 16, 12, 11, 10, right? Back to back to back. That's what we need to see from these Hawks, man. Put some drives together and look like that offense that we've seen in the first half of these last two games in the whole game against the Colts. Like I mentioned, be better on third downs. Find a way. So if if you need to be better on third downs, that means you need to be better on first and second down. That means third and three, third and four is good. Third, seven, eight, nine ain't where you want to be. Third downs are going to be huge. Absolutely. I think you, you, you mentioned it. I mean, I think the best part of what you said there is we didn't even touch on as much is what are you doing on first and second down? Yeah. The Vikings were so good last week because they were in third and five, third and four, third and three. You know what I'm saying? Third and one. But when you're in third and seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, you get usually when you give up a sack or a negative plan a drive, that's a drive kill. It's over. So figure out third down starts on first and second down. Love to see it. And bump, own this NFC West, man. Please. Let's wash away what happened before. It doesn't matter that the Seahawks are one and two. It's your first division game. If you own the NFC West, it's one of the first goals in the Pete Carroll program. Own the NFC West, first division game. You take care of business within the division. We can forget about what happened in the last two weeks and keep pushing it forward, man. So take care of the NFC West. Play Seahawks football. When you think of Seahawks, what do you think of? Tough defense, explosive offense. Solid special teams. Even Myers messed up last week. He missed a field goal, man. First time in 33 tries. I mean, it just wasn't working. So a lot of things to correct. I'm anxious to see what they do this week. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for listening. Reminder, you can catch us everywhere. Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Remember, we got a lot of other good podcasts on the Seahawks uh, Podcast Network. Seahawks Insiders with Jen Mueller and John Boyle. The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Stacey Ross, Jake Heaps. Fox Live with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Seahawks Stories with Robert Turbin. And new in 2020, Seahawks Rewind. Here an instant analysis right after every game on the Seahawks Radio Network. Bump, time to clean it up, man. I'm trying to get this, wash these losses off us. You know what I'm saying? Start new, fresh, own the NFC West. Own it. First division opponent of the year. Hawks are going down to Cali to play the 49ers. That was the Hawk Talk preview week four. Appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to listen to us. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Nasty Choby. Hawks, let's get it done.